and Sports Administration Revenue Buffer Placement Podcast. I'm Bryce Clinton. This week on the program, we're honored to be joined by friend and Northwestern alum Slade Larshad. Slade currently serves as a Deputy Athletic Director at South Dakota State University and has over a decade of experience in athletic administration, fundraising, and marketing. In his role, Slade supports the day-to-day operations of the athletic department with oversight of all revenue generation, marketing, and communications. Prior to his current role, Slade served as the Director of Athletics at Augustana University from 2014 to 2018. Under his leadership, the university had unprecedented success in the classroom, competition, and revenue generation. That success was capped off when Augustana won the NCAA Division II Men's Basketball National Championship in 2016. A native of Spearfish, South Dakota, Slade attended Northwestern University where he received a bachelor's degree in communications and a master's in sports administration. He was also a three-year letter winner for the Wildcat football team and earned academic All-Big Ten honors in 2006. Slade, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Yeah, great to have have me on, Bryce. It's good to see you as well. Uh, obviously, former classmate of the program. Yeah, it, it's really nice for me to be able to talk to Slade again. As Slade mentioned, Slade and I know each other because we were in in the program at Northwestern together many moons ago. It seems like such a long time. It's, it's funny to have this conversation and see us. We look different both in good and bad ways. <laughs> Amen. So, Slade, how do you get to Northwestern from Spearfish, South Dakota? Yeah, no, I get that question a lot. So, um, you know, if you go backwards here, you know, 20 years and uh, yeah, I, I tell people it's it's not the easiest place to transition from Spearfish to Evanston, but I wouldn't have traded my time at Northwestern, you know, over the course of you know, five, six years, um, got recruited kind of late in the process. Yeah, you know, I, I, I tell people, obviously, if a football player, I, I was a specialist, you know, so the niche of kicking and punting, um, you know, so, so to find a, a guy, you know, kind of in the sticks. Um, but yeah, uh, thankful, um, you know, got a call late in the recruiting process today. Uh, you, you fit our academic profile, you fit our athletic profile and uh, let's bring you on campus and uh, the rest is history. So, um, yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience, obviously lifelong friendships and um, just looking back uh, just puts a smile on my face. It's a really interesting thing that, that you mentioned, the, the academic profile and the athletic profile. And I think that's really cool that something that Northwestern sort of fosters, right? I think that, you know, many students know that the path beyond college athletics may not be professional athletics and so on, but they're there and have the ability to get a wonderful education while still doing the thing that they love in undergrad. Yeah, you know, you're right. It's, I, I would say, you know, Northwestern really takes it to the next level of saying, hey, you know, you look at the, what the football team is doing, a, a top 10 academic institution and a top 10 football program. And to be able to blend those two combinations, it really makes it just a, a special combination. But you're right, it, it in the recruitment process, and obviously, you know, you look at the graduation rates, you know, over the course of, uh, you know, the last 10, 15 years, it speaks for itself. But you come to Northwestern and, and really it's that, it's the end goal the, the greatest accomplishment you can receive there'll be hopefully a lot of wins uh, but when you walk across that stage and what it means to have a northwestern degree is again it's it's lifelong and you you stayed not from an undergrad perspective but tell me about that transition what what you know obviously you and i were in school together and, and yeah. the the program itself and it's continuing to evolve there but what you know sort of fostered that transition and, and what was the thinking behind behind that yeah, no, a good question. And I think I just hung around the athletics department enough. They're like, all right, let's give this guy a duty. You know, if he wants to stuff envelopes, <laughs> um, you know, make, uh, make some cold calls, but 
no, really was that is just getting that foot in the door, you know, you know, working with, uh, you know, Tracy hits at the time, Amy Potter, you know, Sean Morris, uh, get mentors and friends, you know, to this day, um, you know, just to say, Hey, if, if you want to work in college athletics, you know, here, here's a potential start. So, uh, again, yeah, you know, I, I said, I'll, I'll do whatever you guys ask, uh, in, in that transition kind of external relations piece. And, um, you know, I was still figuring out what I wanted to do in life. Um, you know, in, is he transition from, from undergrad to whether it's a full-time job or, or grad school. And in looking back, yeah, the, the program was really kind of in its, in its infancy, you know, as we transitioned from undergrad to grad, but you know, the, the, my head coach at the time was Randy Walker and he was a big proponent of that. Uh, hey, let's, let's get your undergrad. If we can get you in this program. Awesome. And um, he knew what it would, what it would mean, you know, down the road to be able to get your master's. Um, but also uh, he was a big proponent, whether you want to get into coaching or administration uh, again, I'm, I'm thankful for, for so many people to, yeah, that helped along the way. And, and that was that transition, you know, really opened up my eyes like, Hey, this, this is a job. It's a career, um, but people love what they're doing. Um, and at a, at a special place and, you know, it, it takes a village at a place like Northwestern, um, you know, to be able to keep compete at the highest level. But then you look at the, the administrators, uh, yeah, you know, Mark Murphy was the athletic director at the time and very approachable, um, and, and, and again, he was like, Hey, what can we do uh, to help? Um, let's get you some experience. Um, but let's make sure we, we get your masters as well. Yeah. It's really cool. And like you said, it, it does take a village in a lot of ways. And it, it's amazing to see the people that it supported you along the way, but I think it, it's, it's a credit to the program, the university overall, you know, the athletics program as well, but sports itself. Right. I think those people had a lot of foresight in the sense that sports is a small business, right? And, and people know each other. And I think networking is, is a big, big piece of that. So, you know, when you were in undergrad, did you think that athletics administration was the path that you were going to take? Is, was that always the, the sort of the goal? Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. You're looking back, it was either going to be one of the two, either athletic administration or coaching in, uh, in, um, having the conversations, you know, with, with folks in the, the department or coaches and, uh, you know, they're like, Hey man, you're, you're a kicker punter. Um, not to say you can't coach a position or, or special teams, um, you know, and, and seeing that grind, that lifestyle, and it's a grind in athletics administration as well, but no, it, it was just said, Hey, let's, let's look at this Avenue. And I remember having the conversation, you know, with Sean Morris and he was a senior associate AD for development. And um, there's so many generous donors and supporters, you know, to the department and just said, I, I got the greatest job, you know, on earth is that I, I, I get to work at my own monitor, but I also, uh, again, get to tell the story of what it means to, you know, to represent the Wildcats and, and really that, that development piece is that's how I really started to transition into it. Cause again, when you're 20 years old or 21, um, you know, you're just trying to figure out where you're going to eat, you know, you know, a couple hours later. So, uh, to, to be able to forecast, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, um, you know, just having those conversations. And that's how that started, right? Great. Yeah. You, you have a couple of development jobs in, in it, I guess in that sense, talk about that role in development. We hear that a lot. And I hear that a lot as, as a lay person, right? The, the sort of development. And I think there's a fundraising aspect to that, but, you know, talk more about what is involved in that role. And, and not only that, but how that helps parlay into sort of what you, you know, from an athletics administration perspective. 
for sure. So it's so much of what we do you know, with within athletics is again balancing the revenues and expenditures. And you know, if if we look at the granular piece or kind of the grassroots piece of uh, raising dollars for scholarships, and and that's where I got my start. And again, asking for that first hundred dollars or asking for that first thousand dollars, and um, you, you really have to develop um, you know, you know, a skill set of hey, you're going to get told no, but that's all right um, because a lot of folks, I think it's you get to that point. Everyone loves to host donors and supporters at games or on trips, but when it comes down to it, and you take a deep dive, uh, you know, as you start to cultivate relationships, um, partnerships with with well, individuals or corporations. Um, yeah, I mean, I look along the way of again getting that start, you know, kind of early on in the annual fund, you know, starting that transition, yeah, to you know, to mid to uh, major gifts, um, whether it's scholarships or capital projects. Um, but uh, again, the art and science behind it, and it just comes back to I, I think you know, don't don't overthink it, you know, in development. Um, you know, a lot of people try to you know, develop an algorithm, you know, with with donors or you know the mechanism to to get uh, as many dollars as possible. But it really comes down. To, again, that cultivation, that stewardship, and then uh, again, eventually making the ask. But the best part of it is this is that you're, again, you're telling a story of whatever project or university you're at, um, you know, to be able to you know, make it a feel good moment for the donor, you know, make it a feel good moment for, for uh, again, the, the athletics department, because again, you're, you're this bridge. Um, and so I, again, I learned early on, um, you know, it, it, don't overthink it. Uh, and, and, you know, at a place like Northwestern, I've been fortunate you know, to be part of a handful of institutions that were very special. Um, and you, know, you, you really, it's, it's easy, you know, to get, to make the ask. Heck half the battle is just, uh, whether it's, you know, getting a, get a meeting. I mean, that, a lot of the time that's the win. Um, but, uh, but no, I, I feel like I've been blessed, you know, with, uh, you know, a little bit of the skill set of, being able to develop relationships, but then eventually, Hey, let's, let's make this a feel good moment of, of, uh, you know, making the ask and, you know, closing the, the, the proposal. It is such a big part of, of not only university athletics, but universities overall. And I think that it's sort of, you know, that holistic feel of, of, you know, the university and, and how you grow that community. you mentioned you've been at some great institutions where you are today from Northwestern, but you know, Talk about in the middle, Augustana University and, and what you did there. I mean, it, it seems uh, it's just had some great success there. A lot of, a lot of you know, evolution that happened in between Northwestern uh, undergrad days, graduate days in there, and then where you are today. For sure. So, you know, I look back, um, I was named uh, AD at, at uh, Augustana and 30 years old. So again, kind of that first hurdle is like, Hey, here's this, you know, young buck that's going to come in and, and ch- try to change things. And, um, interesting enough, you know, my mentor, my boss here, uh, at South Dakota state told me, he said, Hey, you, again, you're going to want to come in and, and change and you know, really put your you know, thumbprint on a lot of projects. But the first year, you know, do a lot of listening. Um, obviously work hard, but listen to the coaches, listen to campus, listen to donors, um, and, and really soak it up. Uh, and I think that was some of the best advice I had because it was able to, again, show some maturity, but then also you, in that year time, you really, if, if anyone had any doubts, you'd kind of turn them because you're like, Hey, uh, what, what do we do well here and what can we do better or what can we change? And, uh, you look at the, the four years there and it was awesome experience. Uh, a lot of wins, you know, in competition, you know, academically a very strong institution, but, uh, but yeah, I, 
I look back and like, wow, uh, there's not a, a, a easy guide to, you know, being a first time college AD. So I, I remember I, I probably got a little gray hair, lost some hair uh, in those first couple of years, but um, great experience. And, and it, it set me up for, for this role too, as deputy AD at South Dakota state. And um, you know, the ever changing landscape of, of college athletics, but specifically in division one athletics um, it's, it's weekly. Uh, there's, there's just the evolution here and in the midst of a pandemic, but um, also excited for, you know, what's to come this fall. Yeah. I think that is an exciting part of, uh, you know, you and I were talking previously about the appetite for sports and, and how people over the last year have really been, you know, missed that. And I think it'll be exciting to, to see what comes from it. You know, this is a strange and, and interesting question in the sense of we all think about athletic directors and I'm sure from a listener perspective and, and even me, you know, we have experience with the athletic directors from a high school or college level, but in truth, I don't necessarily know exactly what an athletic director does on a day-to-day basis. And, and I, I know that's a, that is a broad question, right? Cause I'm certain it is a lot, but what is it that, that, you know, in your previous role and, and sort of how you've evolved now, what is it that an athletic director was responsible for on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, it, it, it's a great question. And it really changes on a, I guess, time frame, whether it's season or whether it's time of year. Um, but so much of it comes back to time management of external relations and internal relations. So you're dealing with budgets, you're dealing with personnel, you're dealing with campus leadership. Um, and then the external side is here, how are we continuing to, to move the needle? Um, how are we continuing to grow the program? Uh, both financially as well as competitively. So, uh, and then again, you're the face. Uh, so it's just, um, I would say that all hats are worn um, depending on the week and depending on the month, but um, you really have to be able to pivot and, and adjust uh, uh, swiftly and on your feet. And, and some of the best ADs do that. You know, they, they really are, that's, that's where, that's their strong suit. I mean, they're able to adjust and, and you see this from this past year. Um, there's been no, greater pivot in the history of college athletics and from this past year and, you know, some of the best ADs and, and you know, they shined because one, there was not a playbook and that's okay because, Hey, we're going to write this. Um, so I, I, I use that as far as kind of a day-to-day piece that gives you a snapshot of what it looks, but, um, uh, the, the greatest gift you can give anyone as an AD is time. And so I, I think uh, everyone's looking for time. Everyone's looking to hear your, hear your opinion or voice. Um, and they get a lot of opinions. I can tell you that much, uh, you know, on all different directions, but um, yeah, it, again, it goes back to being able to, to digest and listen and then provide uh, really constructive and uh, you know, kind of holistic feedback. It's heartening to hear you say a couple of these things because, you know, at the program that you were, you were once in, we've been focusing a lot on college athletics because we have a lot of students that come in and want to be in college athletics. And we, you know, we have it, had it previously had an intercollegiate sports management course. And now we've split that into two that is internal and external. And I think that's really interesting to see that, you know, the foresight from a program perspective, but it's, it's cool to hear you say that those are sort of the two, two facets that, that really make it up and, and, you know, a lot that goes into that for sure. Well, and you look at so many departments across the country and, and I, I say that the internal piece is, is just as important as the external piece. Cause a lot of, a lot of ADs, uh, again, they have that development or external background, but a lot of it comes back to, again, that, that the budget management, uh, being fiscally responsible, uh, while also again, blending the, the, 
uh, the revenues um, in, in coming up with creative ideas, but then uh, get, you're trying to balance books, but then grow the programs. So I, right. I say it, to be able uh, to be uh, an expert in both areas. I mean, a lot of these 80s have been doing a long time. They are. I mean, that's that's their balancing act. Yeah. And I mean, it, it is one of those things that I think some of us take for granted in the sense that you see, you know, I think of being back as a kid and seeing Barry Alvarez on television, right? And, yeah. and I didn't know what he did and sort of saw it as the face, but all the underneath things, there's a lot that goes on there. And so, you know, from a transition perspective, student athlete, you know, to where the role at Augustana and now at South Dakota State. Tell us a little bit about what you do today and how you transition to that role and, 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 you know, sort of what that's, what that looks like on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So uh, I guess from, from my end, uh, primarily focuses, you know, external relations, uh, revenue generation. So work closely with our development teams, our marketing, uh, work closely with Learfield IMG, um, as well as the SDSU foundation, um, on, on major gifts and, uh, establishing portfolios for myself. Uh, and then obviously, you know, getting our athletic director and key coaches, uh, in, in front of, um, donors, uh, when, when the timing's right. Um, but yeah, I, I also, uh, oversee football as well as men's women's golf. Um, so, uh, if you look at football from this past spring, we played spring football, uh, we were national runners up in, in the FCS, uh, again, 16 seconds away from winning a national championship, but, um, for the first time in, you know, to play spring football ever you know, competitively, uh, there was, again, everything was a first. Um, so testing um, to limited capacity in our stadium um, to a, a clear bag policy. I mean, it was a lot of first, um, but then as we transition into fall, you know, we're really excited um, you know, to, for what's to come. But, you know, for, for my day to day, it is it's that forecasting is you know, instead of living week to week that we, we kind of did here this past year is a meeting with our external teams on, a, on really a daily, weekly basis. And like, hey, this is the, the good stuff. This is why we got into to athletics is how can we grow? Uh, our, our fan base, you know, ticket sales development, our, our marketing impressions, you know, whether it's through social media, other uh, other platforms. Um, but again, trying to think big picture. So I, I say that a little bit of blend, you know, some some sport oversight, but primarily, uh, you know, trying to grow the, the Jackrabbit brand. I think that is a really cool point of, I'm sure for, you know, we were talking previously, I've been from a work perspective home and, and sitting in my walk-in closet that's been converted to an office for 14 months now or whatever it is. But I, I can imagine it's a really nice feeling to not have to think week to week and to be able to, to plan long-term. But I do think it is pretty amazing how sports adapted to, you know, sort of the environment over the last year. And what I'll be really interested in, and, and I think you probably have more insight than me on this, is to see what sticks around. And what I mean by that is, you know, we had a model of sports that we had in 2018, 2019, we had a model of sports that existed in 2020, right? Where it was no fans and different television experience in some ways. What I'm fascinated to see is going forward, is it going to be the 2018, 2019 experience, or is it going to be some mix of the two? And, And I wonder if, if you, you know, being in the trenches of this every day, if you have some thought around, are some of those things going to blend together? I honestly think they will. If we look and we've been able to take a, 
a deep dive, you know, over the past, you know, two, three, four months of, of, of whether it's viewership. So if, if let's say our capacity was at 25%, um, you know, our, our viewerships, you know, through our online uh, Jackrabbit all access was at an all time high. Um, we also look at our, our analytics through our social media and, and they were peaked, you know, this past spring um, higher than they've ever been just with number of impressions. Um, but then also we see an uptick right now in season ticket sales in, in mini games, mini game plans in, in uh, you know, what's to come here this fall. So I think you're right. I think it's a blend of uh, a lot of folks have, have had the comforts of being able to have access to games, um, you know, sitting on their couch. And I think that's not going away. It's also one where, again, everything's accessible, you know, instantaneously through, you know, social media and, and our phones. And that's, that's been a given for a number of years now, but it really, I think it was accentuated here this past year because we went away from in-person and then there's the group too, that just is starving to be back in person. You know, we, we talk about that, that game day experience, you know, the, the sights and the smells and sounds of, of, of a football Saturday on so many campuses and i think there's there's going to be that transition too that people are, are are i think are chomping at the bit to be able to be in person again um it, being that it's safe and we're, we're ready to roll here this fall but um no i i, I think there's going to be numerous case studies here of you know what the pandemic is going to has done and will do you know to to the sports fan and um, it's, it's interesting too, because across so many sec sectors of, you know, it, it, you look at this window, this four year, five year window is unlike any other time frame in, in our lifetime. Um, and that's a, in all media platforms. Uh, and we, uh, we're fortunate. I feel so fortunate. Again, we, you, you look at it, you know, working in higher education and we're, we're still, Hey, let's not lose sight of our, our mission here. Uh, we're able to, you know, work with young people, um, have the opportunity to, to uh, go to school and receive a degree and then also, you know, represent a university. So um, let's not forget that. I mean, we can get fancy in, in a lot of different areas um, and we can go into a bunch of different topics. NIL is again, kind of the next piece on the horizon here. Um, but let's not lose sight of that. You know, here, here's, here's the innocence of being able to, to develop lifelong friendships uh, to be able to compete, you know, the locker room, there's nothing you know more sacred um, than those type of relationships that you have. And uh, I think we, as, as a, as an institution, you know, as, as an industry, let's not forget that. Yeah, and I think it's a really cool thing to be able to see that core, right. And you, you've been really fortunate to be at places that, you know, you can see it even is not, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't a student athlete at Northwestern or in undergrad as well, but you can see that you can see it even as a student there, that that core exists from, from an athletics department perspective. And it's, it's really cool to see that that carries on where you are today. Right. You know, you mentioned the atmosphere, the sound of a marching band, like on a Saturday morning, it, there's some level of excitement. My wife is always like, it's so strange that you, <laughs> but like, it brings me some level of excitement. I went to my first Cubs game, uh, week and a half ago in a very long time. And I'll say it was, it was strange in many ways, but man, just to walk up in the concourse and see the grass, you know, is for the first, like it still yeah. gets me even after all the times that I've been there and sports is so unique in that. But, you know, you mentioned that, that, you know, things like name, image, likeness and those things. And there's lots of topics around that. But I guess the, the, the bigger question is you being a student athlete in your day, yeah what's different now for a student athlete? What are the different challenges that they face, uh, you know, that were not prevalent when you were 
a student athlete yourself. Yeah, I, I look back and, and actually I talk about this with with my former teammates and, you know, I think so much of it is is gone again, this this microwave of the society, you know, the recruitment process of knowing every you know single perspective recruit for their 40 yard dash and how many times they lifted, you know, 225 pounds. And I mean, it, it's it's gone to a point where um again, you look at what technology has done in a lot of ways it's, it's helped. I mean, it helps the recruitment process. And I, I want to touch on that here too, just with the, the recruiting piece from this past year, but you know, how that has changed is that is, you know, I look at a, a person like me, I mean, I was sending VHS tapes, you know, to schools across the country, getting them dubbed, you know, in my high school. Uh, and, and, I want to say I'm not that old, but I, I, I guess I'm old in this generation. Like if I bring a VHS to like, what's that stand for? You know? So the, that, that transition here to, again, you know, you go from everything was done, you know, via remote and, you know, game film and that type of breakdown to what is, is now. And, and there's, there's large scale camps. I mean, everything's done based on a metrics of here's how fast you are. Here's how big you are. And, you know, here's the level we think you can play. And so that, that type of, of process, you know, again, has just changed so much, but then we, we joke around, you know, again, as former guys, like we had flip phones, you know, like we weren't looking at our phones or watches all the time. You know, we, we actually had to talk to each other. Um, we, 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 we developed those relationships and that's the one thing I see. And again, so much of it is if, if these, this generation can figure out a, a firm handshake and look people in the eye and, and have a, a, a conversation, you're going to go a long ways. I mean, and just, just based on that, because uh, I, I think that's what we're missing, you know, in this next step, this next generation, but yeah. Um, no, I, I, we, we chuckle because like, you know, again, social media wasn't existent you know, and then um, obviously we had flip phones. So us texting each other, I mean, it was all in code, um, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah. And so to touch back on the, um, the recruitment process, everything was done virtually this past, I mean, you look at what zoom, or, you know, you look at what just this, again, this video component to be able to have a, a conversation, a virtual visit, whether it's in home, uh, you know, if you're recruiting a student, prospective student athlete in California from South Dakota and vice versa, um, you know, previously it was, again, we're going to hop on a plane or we're going to, we're going to drive to your house. And that's still, I think there's, there's something to be said with that. There's, you can't replicate the in-person connection, but what, what it's done is probably made our industry more efficient too, and, and expand, you know, that, that recruiting footprint for a lot of schools that again, maybe weren't going to have access or getting that door uh, previously. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting point around, you know, it, I, I teach my course at Northwestern's around the technology of sports and that has had been a big topic of discussion, the recruiting part around it over the last year. But that's again, back to something that could stick. I think that's an interesting one that can stick because, you know, the level of number of visits that, that students can have to, you know, I, those are limited or the number of people that can be on campus, but also the means that a student may have or the, 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 their parents and those things. So I think it can assist in that. But you bring up an interesting point. A funny use case is, I agree with you, the, the in-person part, is really hard to replace, but there can be some shift in it. And the use case I mentioned, my teaching class last March, we had the last two classes canceled, right? It was the very beginning of this thing. And we did them like this. We did them over Zoom and it worked really well. But a big part of that was we had met each other in person before yeah. and we'd been together in person before. And I think that that's a really interesting application you mentioned from a recruiting perspective of 
if you can get a student on campus or be in their living room with them, but then be able to do this as a follow-up, I think it could be a really cool tool. Yeah. No, and we, we touched on the blend. I think again, it's going to, it's going to make the process better um, in a lot of ways because you can have an initial connection maybe via zoom. And then once you are in person, um, there's something to be said again, to be able to, you know, meet one-on-one or, or be on campus or be in a, in, in a living room of a prospective student athlete. Uh, so now I, I'll, I'll be interesting to see how this again, you know, morphs into what's to come in the, in the coming years. But um, in a lot of ways, it's going to make, I think our industry more efficient. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I, I think that, you know, it, I can tell from our conversation, like I, it, it makes me excited about college athletics. I, I am a person that when I, when I, got married and had children, it was one of those things where you kind of had to choose Saturday or Sunday football um, because the time (laughs) is, and I, it was honestly an easy decision for me in Saturday football because the college, you know, college athletics has always been something that's really, I enjoy very much. And you can see the excitement in you. And I think a lot of fans are like that, but as you look forward over the next year, you know, what are the things that that sort of you're facing and the things that you're most excited about? Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. You touch on the, uh, the family piece and I know you've got one on the way and one here. Um, the last Currently, again, yeah. your classmates, we had none. I have four now. And, uh, wow. again, started dating staff not far long after the program. So, um, no, I mean, I, I look at that and it's, it's just awesome. Um, you look at what's, what's to come here. And I, I do think that's, that's our next, at least our, our, our next phase here. And I'll just use South Dakota state. And we've, we've had this conversation over the past couple of weeks is, um, if let's say you go to a, a premier game, whether it's uh, let's say big 10 or sec, a lot of time it's, it's tough. You, you miss a market of, again, that, that demographic, that a family of, you know, of five, that are they really going to pay 85 to, you know, hundred to, $120 a ticket. And, you know, from our end, you know, we said, and we're, we're priced uh, probably on the higher end on, on the FCS level, but our product and a new stadium. So we've really tried to make this transition and it, it shows because we're very competitive and have won a lot of games is all right. How do we grow our fan base? Yeah. And, and that's it. We, we have listened to you know our fans and a lot of it comes back to the game day experience and the tailgating and the sights and sounds and smells, but then also like, we also can't lose sight of our, you know, that, that, that window, what is a, a discounted or um, you know, price ticket for a, a family member? Cause we, we still want that father, son, uh, that, that, you know, father that's, you know, brought the, you know, 10 year old to his first Jack's game. You know, let's, let's try to capture that audience. Um, and I look at it, you know, from, from industry, we, yeah, you're going to see a lot of kids at games. I think it probably has shrunk and, and some of it is because maybe price point, but also the other side of it is kids are involved in like 25 different things right now. And sometimes it's four sports and sometimes one sport. Um, but again, how do we capture that? Cause again, that's the piece. And even if it's once or twice, three times a fall, um, yeah, I think that's our, our kind of our next uh, you know challenge or hurdle to to overcome, and then also the student piece. I feel like we we talk about this on as an industry, we 
we were able to get students to come to games. How do they stay through the fourth quarter? You know, and then how do we, how do we get students to come? That's uh, maybe it's not the first game or homecoming. It's maybe that tweener game. That's uh, you know late October or November um, when, when uh, maybe the weather's not so great, but uh, again, that's a, that's an industry wide challenge, but I look at you know, again, that's a kind of a short term uh, answer to your question, but really excited to, and, and again, it goes back to, um, we took a deep dive, you know, during the pandemic of, um, you know, with, with our staff and saying, all right, what, what are we doing right now that um, is going to be very customer centric to our fans that are able to come? Let's make it a safe and inclusive environment. Um, but let's maybe make sure we take care of the people. Uh, and then also when this does you know, open up and we're ready to roll, let's be better prepared than we were previously. And I think it's a really good approach, right? I mean, I think it's a, it, the approach of it, kind of two things really coming together, the being prepared, but the appetite for those, those fans. And I know from this conversation state, I mean, I'm excited to be back in it. And yeah. I, I really, it's so good to talk to you. I really appreciate the, the time today. So, you know, and the insights that, that you provided for the listeners and the students and so on. So thank you so much for all the time and the insights that, you know, we wish you, you know, good luck going forward. I think there's a lot of big things coming for not only you, but South Dakota state. And, and we really, really appreciate the time. Hey, Bryce, it's so good to see you, man. I mean, and I echo the same comments uh, again, when you reached out and, and said, Hey, we're, we're doing this podcast. I mean, I obviously, I, I, I love my time at Northwestern. I'm a forever a wildcat and I wouldn't be where I'm at if it weren't for my undergrad and my graduate experience you know, at Northwestern. So I, I just, I say that and it's people like us, this connection, it gives us an opportunity to get back together, but um, just so proud of my alma mater and, and what it represents. And uh, yeah, again, I'm, I'm thankful for all the, all the people I was able to cross paths with. So go cats. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Slade. Thanks Bryce.